millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to the Pick and Roll Podcast. Today I got a good one for you guys. It's going to be the same old, same old uh, with these full game NBA prospect breakdowns and this week we got a good week this week I thought that might be a little too much NBA G League breakdown so I switched it up what it was going to be supposed to be today and what we're gonna break down today so you know Nikola Topic has taken the jump from playing in Serbia in that ABA league and now he's playing on a team that's in the Euro League. So he's played two games before well I watched the game where he got hurt and if I had to project it I'd say it's something like a hamstring or a meniscus calf injury, some sort of back end of the leg injury that he like pulled and they sat out. So basically after that those first two games in the Euro League that he has played, he's been hurt. So I was able to see one of those two Euro games where he did get hurt in that game partially the way through. So the Tola topics could be the first person that I break down. I'm not going to go in depth into his EuroLeague stats yet because two games is just not enough data to even think about, oh my gosh, what are the trends? Let's give him at least 10 games before we start doing stuff like that. And then the next game was uh, Kentucky versus Georgia. So Justin Edwards played, Dewan Wagner played, Reed Shepard played, Rob Dinningham played, Aaron Bradshaw played, and Zeron Emir Ivisic. That was his first game back where they give him clearance. He's a 7-2-foot basketball player from Croatia. I broke him down as well. So it's going to be a lot of Kentucky kids in the game. And we have the Georgia side of things. We got Jabir Abdur Rahim, 6-foot-8 small forward from Georgia. He really shoot the three ball. The next game was UConn versus Villanova. So Stakon Castle played in that game. Donovan Klingon played in that game. And Villanova has somebody called named Hakeem Hart that while watching some games of some stuff trying to find prospects, he caught my attention. So we did get a full game breakdown. I will break down him, see if he's good enough to be on the big board. And then somebody that's a hot name that I've been pushing off watching, I guess you can call it, is Patakum Didlit. He's a six foot eight guy that's playing in the German Basketball League that is also playing in the Euro Cup as well. So I watched the Euro Cup game. And then in the the French guy of the week, because it's for, for some French crazy good guy, Melvin Hensia, Zachary Rocher, Tejuan Saloon, will be watched every single week because these French guys are insanely good. And this week, because Tejuan Saloon, the 6'9 power forward from France, playing in their French A league, that's the highest tier league that you can watch. Um, so I watched him play in that league in that game. And I really can't wait to break that down. So that's all the schedule is for this week. And it's going to be really fun. I can't wait for these breakdowns. So the first one to break down is Nicola Topic playing in the Euro League. Let's just go over his Serbian League stats just to give you guys a broad understanding here. He's averaging nine 19 points per game, seven assists. He is 18 years old. 
field goal percentage is 52%, uh, 28 three-point percentage, and he's shooting 85% free throw percentage, which is pretty nice, and seven assists. So, you know, Nikola Topic in that game was really fun to watch. And, um, you know, it was definitely nice to see him getting to the rim just like he did in the Serbian League because that's the most elite thing he does. He's a 6'6 point guard, and, you know, he's not, like, overly gifted quickness speed-wise, but, you know, he's 6'6", he's savvy, he really understands angles, and he can really get to the rim. And I I think definitely the best thing he has is touch near the rim. I mean, some of the stuff that he does to try to finish at the rim are extremely high-level tough, shots the best way i can describe it is just great touch around the rim nicola topic has great touch around the rim he genuinely is special at that and it that is reflected by how well he shoots at the you know two point percentage and all those things of that nature in the serbian league you know he can still pass the basketball he looked really good passing the basketball in that game he's a high level passer you know the weaknesses in my opinion are still the weaknesses where you just don't see any skill I mean, you don't see any pull-up mid-range shots. You don't see any pull-up three-point shots. You don't see any real shot creation other than his ability to get to the rim. And there's one point in time in that game, actually, specifically speaking, where there was three seconds on the clock, and he had the ball in his hands. And anybody that's played basketball before, when there's three seconds on the clock, you just got to get a shot off, right? And he couldn't get a shot off. Like, he got the ball stripped from him while he's trying to shoot, right? Like, that's how raw his scoring skill is, is even in a crunch, we need to get up a shot. He has issues getting up a shot so you know those are his weakest weaknesses offensively defensively you know he still can't guard anybody on ball on ball defense is really bad on the perimeter i honestly think he guards the as a point guard guards the bigs better than he can guard the smaller guys whenever he gets switched on a like a center in the post if you had somebody a little small like Damian Lillard, for example, a normal size point guard in the NBA, they will do as well as Nikola Topic will do in those situations. So it's kind of like a you know a better thing that he does. But on ball guarding guards, quicker guys, that's still an issue. That's actually how he tore his his uh, leg because he was guarding somebody. And they beat him on the beat him, and he had to try to recover defensively, and that's how he uh, tore his leg. But uh, basically, and then on top of that, I will say this defensively, though. He's a better team defender than on-ball defense by a lot. I would definitely call him above average to good team defender. He has a good feel of getting in the passing lanes. That's what it is. And with his 6'6 length and his intelligence defensively, he could, that's, it's a real valuable skill set. His ability to get in the passing lanes, try to break up things. He has a good understanding of where, where the person that has the ball in their hands wants to go with the ball. Whereas if he's off ball, he has a good feeling of where, you know, the offense wears once they attack, right? He's, he's a smart guy. I'll never say Nicola Topic is an intelligent basketball player. He is. He has a really good understanding of those things. And he's a better team defender than he is on ball. But on ball, he's, it's an egregiously bad defender. He's just tight. Weaknesses in his hips and the the way he's built, you just can't overcome that with teaching. It's it's not like oh he doesn't put an effort. It's oh his body is not built to defend quick guys defensively. It's just the way it is. Tight hips, tight tight hips. So you know Nikola Topic for me is still in the. 
I had him graded 14 through 18. I'm leaning towards putting him 12 through 14, but it's so close because, you know, his passing and gifts and his field for near the rim is so great, but everything else is just so far away. It's hard to project how great he can really be because everything's so far away. And, you know, some people just can't shoot. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's a misnomer with development, really, that uh, uh, only people that can shoot are hard workers. Well, okay, then why is Giannis Antetokounmpo can't shoot, right? Like, Giannis Antetokounmpo is known to be one of the hardest workers in the NBA, but he can't shoot a three to save his life. He could never shoot 40, 38, 35% from the three-point line in the NBA. Why? Because some people just aren't physically built to shoot, right? There's some people that just don't have great hand-eye coordination. There's some people that just have so many years of shooting improperly that takes so long to really adjust those forms. Like, it's just not as easy as it sounds, right? So, you know, I do value Nikola Topic's weaknesses more because I do believe in the thought process that it's uh, there is a limit to how far away it can really be. So that's the best way I can try to explain why I'm not as high as everybody else's. I mean, Nikola Topic, some people have a number one pick. I couldn't, me personally, would never do that. But, you know, I, I personally still think 14 through 18, Maybe with another full Euro League game, he might grow on the board a little bit. But, you know, it's a weak draft class. I can still see him. He's still like 13 or 14 in my big board because it's a weak draft class. Not a lot of guys above him. So, you know, I still have him in that range. Uh, it's not like I totally dislike the guy. But I definitely feel like a comp that I can throw around confidently now, though, is a taller Gordon Drogic, but more raw, skilled offensively, scoring-wise. Goran Dragic was a 6'4 point guard. I don't know if you guys remember him. He started off on the Phoenix Suns. You know, he had a really good time frame on the Miami Heat as a really good player. He was a really good point guard for a while. I think he might, might have even made an all-star team. A 6'4", slower guy, really intelligent passer, really intelligent basketball player, really good passer, could finish at the rim well, slower athlete, but still could get to the rim, right? But he was very skilled shooting the three. He was a 40% three-point shooter, like, Goran Dragic can shoot, and he can shoot off the dribble, too. It was really smooth. So, the scoring skill, Nikola Topic, is farther away than what Goran Dragic, you know, is, but I could see some comparisons there to general sense. So, yeah, Nikola Topic is still there, that 14 through 18 grade. All right, we're going to go ahead and break down Kentucky versus Georgia. So we're going to go ahead and start with the Kentucky side of things. So let's go ahead and um, start with Justin Edwards. Justin Edwards is a 6'7", small forward from Kentucky. He's a freshman. He is averaging 7.7 points per game, 3.7 rebounds, 0.8 assists, 44% field goal percentage, 70% free throw percentage, and 28% three-point percentage. You know, Justin Edwards is a is a good athlete. Um, the last game I watched before him, before this current game, this, this game against Georgia, man, did he look good, good defensively. And in this game, I was very surprised. I was expecting him to still be dominant on that end. But he just didn't turn on the on switch defensively. He was... Not as good as I remembered. Not as not in, as as engaged defensively. You know he's got defensive gifts, but you know he just doesn't really use them consistently. And it was a little disappointed, to be honest with you. Another thing that was disappointing is the man didn't drive to the rim at all again. You know this guy's a twenty eight percent three point shooter, and he can't rely on the thought process 
for NBA people that are going to draft him as this man's going to be able to shoot the three-point line, be a three and B guy. No, you need to use those athletic gifts to get to the rim to be to build as much intrigue as possible. Like an extremely good example of this is G League Ignite's Ron Holland. Ron Holland from G League Ignite. He's averaging like 18 a game. Ron Holland drives to the rim like eight to ten times. You get to see how good he is at it. He really puts pressure at it, right? Like it, it, that's one of the biggest reasons Ron Holland has stayed in the top ten draft pick is because how consistent he drives to the rim, how easy he makes it look driving to the rim, because of how translatable it can be. Because he's a freak athlete. And those gifts aren't going anywhere, right? You know what I mean? And Justin Edwards could do the same thing. He's got a lot of good gifts there. He's a very he's not as speed and quick as Ron Holland, but he's a very he could be just as close as a vertical athlete as him. Like he Justin Edwards can is a very good vertical athlete. He could definitely be dominant at the rim, but he doesn't drive. Right. And at this point in time, it's looking more like, can he drive? Now, that's that's becoming a question that we're really having. Can he drive on ball when the situation is not perfect? There's nobody really guarding him in the fast break or things of that nature. Can he drive against a set defense with somebody guarding in front of him? And it's looking like that's a weakness of his. And everything's just raw. The shot creations, there's, there's, not, there's no shot creation to really buy into. Everything just looks really raw for Justin Edwards right now. And because of that, he's moving from the 14 through 18 draft pick grade ahead of him to like 40 through 45 because he's just a raw athlete at this moment in time very similar to dylan mitchell that came out last year that's playing on texas still who is a really great athlete from the university of texas if you watch him play you'll be like wow what an athlete but the skill just wasn't there and it's looking like justin edwards is like that so far all right, we're going to go ahead and kick it to somebody different. Let's go ahead and go to Rob Dillingham next. One thing, hilarious, they list him at six foot three at Kentucky. <laughs> that man's six foot, maybe even five foot 11. He's small, tiny. Okay, he's averaging 14 points per game, three rebounds, 3.8 assists, 1.3 steals, 46% field goal percentage, 77% free throws percentage, and 38% three-point percentage. So, you know, this guy is somebody that I was high on. I had him in the lottery because of the passing, because of the shot creation, how quick and fast he looked. And he was really putting it together for a few games there. And I was like, wow, Rob Dillingham really can overcome the lack of height issues. Well, this game, the height looked like an issue. That though, The scary thing is, is because he really had issues in this game scoring against Georgia, scoring against a length and trying to get a shot off. I mean, you could tell that it was just troubling him and his ability to really shot create. And it he had a really bad game. He had a really bad game where he couldn't really get anything off. And he got pushed off his spots really easy. It really was obvious how thin he is and how lack of strong he is and how small he is. Really showed up in this game. It, he, he had a tough time getting his shot off against length, and you know that's going to be the biggest question mark that he's always going to have is can he get a shot off against length? Because Georgia's got good athletes, but they don't got NBA athletes, right? They don't got NBA length where people got extension cords for arms, and you know, uh, uh, right? That's where the issues are for Rob Dillingham is. As the season is going on, it's looking like length is suffocating him, which is like an extreme issue. You had a bad game. 
Really bad game. So he's moved out of the lottery for me. I have him like 18 through 20 draft grade. You know, he still has really good shooting splits. There's some potential there, but it's really looking like it's more boom and bust than uh, previously thought because, man, length is giving him real issues. We're going to go ahead and kick it to the next guy. Let's go to Reed Shepard, six foot three. He's technically considered a shooting guard, but, you know, he is point guard level passing. Let's go over his stats real quick. 6-3, averaging 11.5 points per game, 4.1 assists, 2.5 steals, 54% field goal percentage, 81% free throw percentage, 55% three-point percentage, which is absolutely insane with playing 19 games this year. You know, this guy could shoot the poo out of the three ball. I mean, he he is such an efficient basketball player. He's a slower guy. That's a real issue for him, his slowness. You know, I definitely think that he still is incredibly good defensively getting into passing lanes and stealing balls. I mean, 2.5 steals a game is insane for somebody that's just not an athletic guy. Like, he's just in passing lanes, stealing the ball, has a good feel for what people are going to turn around and maybe get into, like, a fadeaway. He gets a lot of steals in those kind of situations. He's just so smart. 4.1 assists does really talk about He does have point guard level passing. So there's no, like, oh, 6'3", too small for our two-guard worry here. His idea is point guard. Um, You know, he can shoot the cover off the three ball. There's a lot of times in this game where he's coming off the pick and roll and having pick up, uh, pull up three point shots and he's making it and it's like a contested shots. So, you know, he's proven that he can shoot that three ball in the pick and roll at a very high clip. The things that I worry about is everything within the three point line. You know, in the pick and roll, there's not enough flashes of a mid-range shot or a floater or how can you finish at the rim where there's a big at the rim and you're not as athletic. Let's see those things, right? And, you know, he's such a three-point shooter for this team and, you know, he's so three-point shooting dominant that I'm. it's a worry of the question mark is what can he do in the mid-range? What can he do in the paint? What can he do finishing at the rim, Right. Because he's kind of just a a one, he can beat you one way right now. And, you know, because the question is always going to be, man, he's not athletically gifted. Man, he's not quick. Man, he's not vertically gifted. Like, so those type of things would be question marks on a player like him would be, is he athletic enough to finish at the rim? Is he going to be able to do that against bigs in the NBA? It, right? Like, those are kind of questions that we would have, right, because of his lack of athletic gifts that he just hasn't answered at Kentucky yet. Right? So, right now, I have him graded as a second-round draft pick, but if he starts showing a floater, if he starts showing a pull-up mid-range shot, if he starts showing a nice finishing bag, then he'll he'll move up the draft board. I can definitely see him working his way up to the first round of the draft draft because the three point shot is everybody knows in modern basketball three point shot is king, right? So that is that elite level three point shot that he has isn't going to go anywhere, and it's so obvious what the value is there, right? And you know defensively, even though it might not great be great on ball. His team defense is extremely special. So there is potential there for him to be a first-round draft pick if he can prove that he can finish at the rim 
and show a floater, show stuff in the paint, maybe show, maybe it's a fadeaway in the paint. I, you know, there's so many different ways guards can finish in that painted area, and I'm just haven't seen that. And I, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. That's what's stopping him from being a first round draft pick right now. Having greatest thirty through thirty five draft pick, I feel like he's the premier early second round draft pick. So you know, he's an interesting guy, Reed Shepard, and right now I have him greatest thirty. 30 through 35, and I used to have him like 40 through 45, so he's raising up on my big board because the pull of three-point shots that he had in that game was really impressive. So, you know, moving slightly up, and he's a really interesting guy. So the next guy to break down is Aaron Bradshaw, seven foot one freshman. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Aaron Bradshaw, 6.4 points per game, 4.6 rebounds. 0.8 blocks, 54% field goal percentage, 57% free throw percentage, 30% three-point percentage. So, you know, the first thing we got to hit on Aaron Bradshaw is he's so thin. His thinness is an issue, genuinely, right? Like, the reason why Bobo is a great example of this, can't get on the floor as much as his offensive skill would warrant, is his inability to guard through him because he's so thin, right? And, you know, something that Chet Holmgren for example, does overcome with instincts. Great. He has great blocking shot blocking gifts. You know, he has a little bit of an angry streak to him, right? So it's not like thinness is always going to equal a hundred percent of the time to a poor rim defender, but it takes a, a rare guy with unique gifts compared to the thinness. And Aaron Bradshaw does not have that. He gets pushed around way too easily at the rim. People jump into his body and move him around way too easy. It's hard to envision him putting enough muscle on his frame to really be able to guard the rim. He has a thinner, like, shoulders. He has a thinner upper body. I just, he just doesn't really have the frame to put on a lot of muscle. You know, Aaron Bradshaw, that's the real issues. And on top of that, he's just not flashy much offensively. I mean, 30% three-point percentage, it's pretty poor for him, right? Because he was touted as a guy that's going to shoot the cover off the three ball. You know, and 55-7% free throw percentage, as somebody that was, like, the intrigue was shooting skill, these are issues. These are genuine issues. 40-54% field goal percentage is mostly rebounds and packs. So, but, like, those were the intrigue for him. So, right now, he's moved down from the late first that he used to have him at. He's in the second round. I think I have him, like, 40-45 through 45 near Justin Edwards. There's still in some upside there, but you know, the lack of defensive, the defensive questions due to thinness and the lack of overwhelming three-point shot and things of that nature has him staying where he's at right now, which is in the second round. All right, the last guy to break down from the Kentucky side of things is Zervron Mir. Oh, wait, no, there's two more guys. 
second to last guy is Zvonimir Ivizic, seven foot two guy from Croatia. He's played three games so far. He's averaging five point three points, three rebounds, one point seven blocks. 60% field goal percentage, 50% free throw percentage, and 60% three point percentage. Basically, this guy is really interesting. Seven foot two, he doesn't have as thin of a frame as Aaron Bradshaw, so there's not as much of a worry of long term his inability to guard the rim. You know, and defensively, he had some really nice blocks against Georgia. He looked really good shot blocking at the rim, which is really important for that seven foot two size because he's not going to be some six eleven really athletic guy that's going to guard multiple positions. He needs to be in drop coverage and he needs to be able to guard the rim, and that's what he's showing in Kentucky. It's really it looks really good guarding the. Rim. He has a pretty good frame on him, especially his legs. And on top of that, 60% three-point percentage. He had a few good threes. He looks like a guy that can consistently hit the three-point shot as a big. And he has a crazy behind-the-back pass from the rim to the three-point shooter on the perimeter that looked really good. He looks like he's got some nice mix of passing gifts, three-point shooting, shot blocking, and being 7-2 and having a good frame. So there's a lot of intrigue in this guy. I'm really excited to continue to watch him play. Right now, I have him graded as a 22 through 25 draft pick grade. I think he's a late first right now. He's really interesting. Uh, yeah, Zervranir Ivizic is really interesting. Okay, the last guy to break down from that game is DJ Wagner. So he's averaging 12 points per game, 3.7 assists, 1.1 seals, 43% field goal percentage. 70% free throw percentage, and 31% three-point percentage. So, DJ Wagner is a 6-2 guy. He's really great on ball. I've mentioned this multiple times before. He's really good on ball. He's got good feel for stealing on ball. He's a really nice on-ball defender. Really solid. He's a pretty solid passer as well. He has a really good feel for finishing at the rim. Got good, He's got good touch and tough shot making ability. Above average athletic gifts. You know, not a ton of scoring skill, but the three-point shot is coming along. He should be in the 20s. Now low 30s, three-point shot. He's definitely starting to climb back up into a super late, 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 late second-round draft pick. Right now I have him graded as a 56 through 60 draft pick, you know, but he's, he's growing a little bit throughout this year. It's really interesting. I can't wait to continue to watch. All right, let's talk about the other side of that Georgia versus Kentucky game. We got Jabrir Abdur Rahim, six foot eight small forward from Georgia. Um, he's averaging 13.4 points per game. He is a senior, 3.9 rebounds, 87% free throw percentage, 40% three point percentage, and 38% field goal percentage. So, you know, I'm sure you can guess by the three-point percentage why I have him, um, you know, as somebody that I wanted to watch. And, you know, six foot eight, he definitely looks like the length of him is definitely accurate. I feel very comfortable with calling him six eight. That's an ideal small forward height. I definitely feel like he can definitely hit that standstill three-point shot extremely well. It's really nice seeing him come off ball as the shooter in those off-ball screens. He looked really nice in those situations, which is something you knew that I didn't really see in the short clip of a game that I watched to find somebody like him. And I definitely feel like he shoots the really good three-point shot. He showed one flash of getting to the rim, and it looked pretty decent. I'd call it above average, maybe average, right? And, you know, 
is he going to be somebody that's going to put up a ton of points? No. But, like, also, he's an average to maybe above average defender. It's nothing super special there. But, again, it's it's about being able to be a role player. He checks off many boxes there, right? Six foot eight, really ideal length, 40% three-point shooter, right? He's going to be on the wing as a bench three-point shoot, three and D wing. That's really his idea spot, ideal spot. I have him as a 40 through 45 draft pick as somebody that's you take a shot on as a bench wing in the second round of the draft so i definitely like his three-point percentage shoots so well he has a pretty form so it looks really legitimate he shot 38 percent from the three-point line last year so it's not like he just his three-point shot came from anywhere just some random ability to shoot it or something like that so all right so for the yukon versus villanova is that next game so we're gonna go ahead and talk about stefan castle so we broke him down last week as well six six point guard from yukon He's averaging 9.4 points per game, 4.8 rebounds, 3.5 assists, 1.2 steals, uh, 40%, 45% field goal percentage, 71% free throw percentage, and 20% three-point percentage. So, you know, last week I talked about this as well, where there's a lack of, an extreme lack of shot creation for himself. The two 20% three-point percentage is an extreme issue. Uh, Passing-wise, he looks like a good enough passer for the point guard position. His best ability is defending on ball. Man, can he defend? He's a stronger guy. He really can get to the rim. You know, people still guard him like Ben Simmons, give him all the space in the world. And this is the second game in a row where I just didn't see anything shot creation-wise. And it's really cementing to me how raw he truly is. I still have him, and it's an extremely late first-round draft pick, 26 through 30 draft pick, great. Like definitely cemented my belief in him and that he is just not the first round draft pick that everybody thought he was going to be and he has nobody else to blame but himself and if I was somebody that he listened to and took advice from I'd tell him to stay in college because he is top five pick gifts he just needs the shooting splits to come around okay let's go ahead and kick it to the next guy that game Donovan Klingon Mr. Roy Hibbert's clone, <laughs> averaging 12.8 points per game, 6.2 rebounds, uh, 1.2, actually two blocks a game, uh, 1.2 assists a game. He's averaging 61% field goal percentage, 51% free throw percentage, and 0% three-point percentage. Yeah, I mean, Donovan Klingon's still one heck of an on-at-the-rim uh, uh, defender. Still flashed all those defensive gifts that I definitely truly believe that he has. Such a good defender, such a good screener, such a good rebounder, such a good ability to make passes when guys are open. Like Donovan Klingon's the real deal as a lottery pick. He is a lottery pick center with an extremely high floor so you know i definitely feel like donovan Klingon can be a guy that can be the keystone piece for de- of a defense for a very long time and i feel very confident in donovan Klingon. all right let's go ahead and kick it to the villanova side of things there so we got hakeem hart he's a 6'8 small forward senior from villanova he used to play at maryland for a while there 48 percent field goal percentage 7.6 points per game 3.8 rebounds and he's shooting 31 percent three point percentage you know that three point percentage is really plummeted he used to be at like 40 percent when i first looked at him so that three point shot jumped off <laughs> yeah no the planet there you know also i was 
on the fence about him being a second round draft pick because Maryland used to have him listed at six six. So I was like six six small forward. Eh, right, that's a tough one. You know, his ability to defend is pretty well. He moves pretty well athletically. He's a stronger guy. So like the on ball defense is really nice. But the three point shot is taking a extreme jump off the you know side it's it's three-point shot is falling so poorly that's becoming less of a viable draft prospect so you know he he could make an argument for a draft pick as the season goes on and if he's really not six six uh and it is six eight so we'll have to see as the season goes on and the combine comes around if he even gets invited to the combine and what his measurements are to really get a good idea of what he can be all right, the next next uh, game, or just specifically, not really looking at a bunch of players in this next game, it's just Paticum Didlet. So Paticum Didlet somebody that's been rising up draft boards lately. He's like 6'7 wing, playing in the German League. He's also playing in the Euro Cup as well. So he is, if you go by his uh, German League stats, he's averaging 6.3 points per game, 24%, no, 64% two-point percentage, 35% three-point percentage, uh, 82% throw, free throw percentage. And in the games that he's playing in the Euro Cup, he's averaging 5.9 points per game, 55% two-point percentage, 32% three-point percentage, and 68% free throw percentage. So, you know, this guy is somebody that, yeah, I mean, the three-point percentage isn't overwhelmingly good, but he can definitely hit a standstill three-point shot. He looks like an above-average athlete, a smoother guy. Defensively, I'd call him above-average to average on ball. You know, six seven length. He's not, like, got extremely long arms, but there's a decent size to them. You know, he's not, like, super thin, so that's a good thing for him. He's got a decent frame to him, not an extremely weak body. He's got some muscle on his frame, but there's nothing else. There is nothing else. There is no ability to drive to the rim. There's no shot creation. There's no, there's really nothing else there. So, so Paddockham Didlet to me is somebody that's a late second round draft pick. I have him 45 through 50 or 55 through 55, 50 through 55. I haven't made up my mind yet, but he's going to be one of those two draft grades. I'm still thinking about it, but you know, the best thing about him is he's really young. Born in 2005, super young. He's 19. So actually, I think he's 18, going to be 19 this year. So, you know, he's really young. So people will be like, oh, yeah, he's still got some room to grow as a player. But the ability to drive to the rim is a real weakness as well. So, you know, he just looks like a standstill three-point shooter that can play defense as well. So, you know, I, I'm thinking 45 through 50, but we'll see how, how it goes throughout this year. I don't really see myself watching any more games of him just because it wasn't really anything there to take away other than just a normal 3 and D wing. But, you know, 6-7, young, those are things that he definitely has going for him. So, Paticum Didlet is who we just broke down. All right, the next game and the last game to go ahead and break down is Tejuan Saloon. That was a full game I watched. He's a 6-9 French, plays in the French A League. It's the highest league of French basketball, a really high league, a really elite league, basically. One of the top five leagues in the world, in my opinion. Some really high-level stuff that gets played there. 
Um, so he's averaging in the French League 8.4 points per game, 24% two-point percentage, 36% three-point percentage, and 73% free-throw percentage. And in the uh, Basketball Champions League, the FIBA league that he's playing in, he's played 13 games in that league, averaging... 10.5 points per game, 60, 61% two-point percentage, 39.6% three-point percentage, and 84% free throw percentage. So some really different stats there. But, you know, this game was really interesting. Man, this, as the year's gotten long, he's gotten more confident offensively. Um, there was really one really nice fadeaway in the mid-range that looked really nice for him. It's something new and different that I haven't seen before. Six nine length, and what was really intriguing as well is, man, did he he looked really smooth driving to the rim today. And when you pair his six nine length with good athletic gifts with extension cords for arms, you know the real dominating part of him is the intrigue of his ability to drive to that rim, right? And it looked really good today. And you know he can be really efficient in that way, and. You know, he's also a solid three-point shooter, right? 36% in the French League and 39% in the FIBA World League. And that's a really good three-point percentage. He can definitely hit a standstill three-point shot. You know what I mean? In the U19-18 games, he showed some shot creation from the three-point line. He's shown some different shot creation as this year has gone on. And it's here and there, and it's kind of rare, but it does still happen. And I definitely still feel like his eye test is extremely elite. You know, I think he's moved up in my mind and on the big board from 12 to 14 draft pick to 10 to 12 draft pick right now. I could definitely see him continuing to move up. And defensively, he's really good. He's, he's a good on-ball defender, but he's a great team defender. I've broken this down before. I mean, his length, his intelligence defensively, man. Can he defend as a team defender? He looks so good doing it. This is such a good, fun guy to watch. He's got so much talent. And, you know, he's one of these crazy good French basketball players. France, between him, Saar, and Adhensia and Rocher, I mean, France is dominating this draft class. I have, <laughs> I mean, if you would, <laughs> I might have four of them in the top 10 at the end of this season, at this end, and then at the end of this draft cycle. It'd be very, very realistic. It's insane how good these guys are. They're carrying this draft class, and Saloon's one of those guys that can continue to rise up to be a solid top 10 pick. I mean, this guy's got a lot of gifts, a lot of intrigue with his good, stable three-point shot, his ability to drive to the rim, dominating length and extension cord for arms, and, you know, the in-between shot creation. So, really intriguing guy that can continue to move up draft boards. And the more I talk about him, I, th- I honestly think the more I talk about him, I should move him up more. I think he's an 8-10 to 10 draft pick now. I continue to talk about him. 8-10. to 10. I'll move him up my big board and it or if like that. Tijuana Saloon should be an 8-10 to 10 draft pick because... The gifts are really intriguing, and there's if we continue to see good games and improvements from him, and more flashes of him being confident, he can move, work his way to the top five. You know what I mean? Like he's improved; he's definitely more confident than the, the beginning of this this draft cycle. So it's been fun to watch, and you know, and that's technically the end of these player breakdowns. So I'll go ahead and give you guys a little intro of what's going to be happening next week. So. I got Colorado versus Washington. So we get Cody Williams, Tristan Da Silva, Keon Brooks, which we haven't broken down a full game of, but I've had him as an NBA draft pick in my big board for a long time, in my mock drafts for a long time, on the website that you can find this tag.
tagged on this podcast and multiple different places where I do mock drafts and full game pick big bird breakdowns. Then I have Kentucky versus Arkansas. So, you know, I can't wait to watch Big Z again. Zavranovic, Ivicic. Again, Trayvon Brazil's 6'10 forward from Arkansas. Shoots a three ball. Well, really athletic. We've broken down him before. Want to watch him again. We got USC versus USCLA. Isaiah Collier is not going to play in this game, obviously. Still hurt. But Bronny James, Adam Bonham, Andy Mara. Those are guys I definitely want to watch play. It was going to watch Illinois versus Indiana, but Kyle Ware didn't play in that game. So we're not going to watch that game. So basically, we're going to go ahead, and as long as everybody from Arkansas played, we're probably going to go ahead and add another game into that week. I'm thinking maybe Xavier Johnson from Southern Illinois, or maybe Alex Sar versus you know Trent Flowers or something like that. And obviously, every week we break down some incredible French prospect. In this upcoming week, I want to break down Zachary Rocher. So as long as he's healthy and ready to go to play, we're going to go break down him. And I can't wait to watch. Man, he's so much fun. Yeah, so that's going to be the end of the podcast. Again, on the link for this podcast and for the link of the description of the podcast, I do have my mock drafts and my big board. I do very much update those very, very commonly. Very, very good about updating those things. Um, so definitely check those out. That's where all that stuff is going to be stored. And it's really great stuff. I really think I do a good job with it. And I really have a lot of fun with it. And, you know, and yeah, next week is going to be fun, man. I can't wait to break that down for you guys. Uh, so thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate anybody that listens to the podcast. I really appreciate everything that you guys do in the comments. Everybody that, you know, talks about my podcast and you know has fun enjoying this podcast you know i genuinely love what i do love breaking down these guys and have so much fun doing that i can can't can't wait to keep on giving you guys consistent content because i'll be here every week giving you guys these full game breakdowns all right thanks for thanks for listening and everybody have a great rest of your week